This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Let's fuck this shit. It's only game. Why you have to be mad? Here we go. I see my little bars going. Awesome. Do you miss bars? Um, you know, I don't even know what I miss and I don't miss anymore. Wow. Yes, I miss bars. I miss going out. I miss seeing my friends. I miss not staring at the same four walls of my apartment. But as a hearing impaired person, bars are really difficult unless it's like the perfect bar that's quiet. So I don't miss being deaf in a bar, but I miss being able to go to a bar. You miss being at like a hotel lobby bar. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. Or like the airport bar. The airport bar is like the best liminal space in the world. Oh my God. Because you can be whoever you want to be because nobody cares. You can drink at seven o'clock in the morning. It's perfect. Great. Um, Hey, welcome. Hey. Back to Puck Bunnies, a podcast about hockey presented by Blue Wire Pods. I'm Audrey. I'm Christina. And we miss bars. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, do you miss bars? I do. I do miss bars. And I miss like pretty much the opposite of everything you just described. True. How are you this week? Um, I am surviving. I'm not thriving. What about you? I asked you that question feeling like it was already maybe Wednesday night and it's actually just Monday. So um, not great. But you know who we're having a better week then? Well, I could take a be like several people in the NHL right now, but I will let you go ahead and finish your sentence. Let's take the uh, punching bag of the day, Tony D'Angelo, uh, <laughs> literally and figuratively. The uh, <sighs> New York Rangers defenseman who was put on waivers a couple of days ago over the weekend and was officially pronounced dead on arrival um, <laughs> during, during a press conference this afternoon where the, the president of the New York Rangers has said that Tony D'Angelo has played his last game with the New York Rangers. Yes, and they will not resuscitate him. <laughs> he's done. He's dead forever. Yeah, so he is, he's officially cleared waivers. I believe that they have said that they have no intention of getting him near any team members, um, whether they are New York Rangers or they play for Hartford. Oh, interesting. And now they are just waiting to see if he gets picked up by another team because they are too cowardly to put him on waivers that end his contract. Well, I mean, we can go into this in a little bit, but they are very limited in their options with like what they do with him right, right. now. But let's talk a little bit about how How do we get Rangers, here? How do we get here, folks? A man's dead. What do we do? <laughs> so let's remember, first of all, that Tony D'Angelo in twenty fourteen was picked higher in the draft than David Pasternak. 
And let's also remember that at the time of the draft, Tony D'Angelo already had a record of being abusive towards uh, his teammates and refs. Yes, he had been suspended twice in the OHL. We don't really know what those slurs are. <laughs> um, but at the time, notably, his his family, his father in particular, was interviewed about this. And his dad said, and I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but like not really. His dad basically said, I don't have any problem with him using those words. I use them at home all the time. Well, uh, I would just like to say there's a beautiful encapsulation of the cycle of abuse right there. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. D'Angelo. There's a lot of psychology going on <laughs> with this entire story. So Tony D'Angelo glides through the minors with these with this record of being a, a troll and an abuser, climbs up into the NHL eventually, plays the Rangers. I feel like his first season ended very quickly due to injury. David Quinn comes in. It's like, oh, Queen we play time. fresh start. This is going to be it. And mostly his problems this year have been relegated to posting, uh, as all of us have been. Because of COVID. So he was getting a lot into the uh, light, COVID, conspiracy, conspiracy theories. Medium heavy, actually. He was saying yeah. that it was a hoax. Yes. Like, I don't believe in my heart that Tony D'Angelo truly understands what, say, QAnon is. But he definitely is, like, diet red-pilled. Right. Because, like, whenever we talk about these things, and I'm sure you understand this way more than me, it's like people think that there's just QAnon diehards. But mm-hmm. there's actually, you know, fringes to this thing. There's a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> range. A spectrum, if you will. <laughs> so he's on the outer rings. He was also, like, attacking fans. He just tweeted a lot about, like, how great Trump was. Really playing the hits here. The The latest incident was that when... <laughs> <laughs> when Trump got suspended from Twitter three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whatever, a month a year ago, ago, who knows? Tony D'Angelo said, uh, fuck this, I'm out. I'm also quitting Twitter like my man. And I'm going to Parler, which is the far slash alt-right equivalent to Twitter. And Parler <laughs> was then basically deplatformed within 24 hours. But I will say, like, favorite thing that happened within that story was that Tony D'Angelo tweeted I'm leaving Twitter. Find me on Parler. Here's my Parler, like, at. But then immediately deactivated so that nobody <laughs> saw that tweet. Like, within two minutes, he deactivated and that tweet was gone forever. He was just like, I'm really positive that people are going to screenshot this. The right people will see this. The right minds will know where to find me <laughs> on Parler.com that does not exist anymore. So he's effectively deplatformed himself from uh, free speech and from hockey because he yes. really played uh, dog shit this year. Really awful. I mean, like, we're only, what, three weeks into the season and he uh, truly embarrassed himself several times. And this is the Rangers, so this is really saying something. They are not doing shit. Jack Johnson is also a defenseman for the New York Rangers. Was he ever paired with Jack Johnson? I feel like he was. I don't know. I feel like they paired Jack Johnson with everybody. They're really trying to make that work. Once again, David Quinn should be getting fired. (laughs) David Quinn is just like that friend of yours who's like, I can fix him. I promise. This time is different. Let's look at what David Quinn's sign is. David Quinn is very handsome. That's all I know about David Quinn. He's got nice eyes. Okay, so I was going to guess that he's a Cancer. He's actually not. He's a Leo. Oh. But he's a July Leo, so. Soft Leo. Mm. So Tony D'Angelo deplatformed both online and on the ice uh, within the last three weeks. Keep in mind, the Rangers have had just signed him, like within the last two months, to a two-year extension 
$9 million. The best part about that is, is they can't buy him out until the summer. Right. He's on house arrest. (laughs) Right. What makes this such an interesting situation is that there's so little that the Rangers can do about it, right? So... Mm -hmm. What they have decided to do is basically put him in a position to say, no, I am not going to do the any The onus of this, is on him. To suspend his own contract, essentially, so, so that they can get out of it. Because otherwise, they're going to be stuck with this guy in Hartford, which they have said they, like, they don't want to do. Right. So they're really in an impossible situation here. So it's going to be interesting to see what such a logical thinker like Tony <laughs> D'Angelo is does do with the with options presented to him. So let's talk a little bit about what happened between Friday and now. Um, (laughs) I am going to try and stay really calm, physically, emotionally, Mm -hmm. spiritually calm while we talk about this. Just so you know, this is just, we're reporting the facts. It's a lot for me personally, but we'll get through it. As I was receiving this news over the weekend, rolling in from Audrey, I could just feel like the sweat of her palms, like, <laughs> through the text, because it's just that sorted uh, of a story. Okay. So let's go. Okay, so the Rangers play the Pens Saturday night. They lose in overtime. Tony D'Angelo, another stellar performance. He was on the ice for four out of five of those Pittsburgh goals, and in Got overtime... Nice negative six rating. It was apparently a miscommunication between him and their goalie, Alexander Georgiev, that basically kept the Rangers from clearing the puck out of their own zone. And so they couldn't make a change. And then Georgiev let one in. As the facts stand, what we know is that there was a physical altercation between the goalie, Alexander Georgiev, and D'Angelo in the tunnel going back to the locker room. Now what's alleged? This is precipitated by a remark from D'Angelo to the goaltender just as the team left the ice, which... Who knows what sort of ethnic slur <laughs> applied? What kind of this Slavic <laughs> slur did he just use in that situation? And then an unnamed third player broke it up. That's where the facts end. Now, if you want to go into the allegations, please be my guest. Now, the allegations are that a another player punched Tony D'Angelo in the face. And would you like to know who that player is? I mean, I'll tell you. It's Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider sucked one right onto Tony D'Angelo's fascist little face. That big man, big jet, no pilot, straight punch to the face. Audrey, how do we feel? She's like rubbing her eyes right now. She looks ill. So this is, this is very upsetting. Um, <laughs> mostly because like, this is bar none the sexiest thing a man has ever done in modern sports. Right. Now, do we know? Was he probably punching him just because, like, he's an asshole on the team? Yes. Yes. Was, do we even know for sure that it was Chris Kreider? No. Yes. I know in my heart, but do I know in my brain? No. See, what I told you over the weekend when everybody was still speculating about who it was is that I thought maybe it was Jacob Trouba. Oh, right. Known Lib. Fellow defenseman. Known Lib. And also his wife is a nurse. You know, she's been working in the medical field oh, Jesus for Christ. the past year. And so people were like, maybe it was Jacob Truba. Oh, maybe it was K. Andrew Miller. Maybe it was Chris Kreider. And I, th- the entire day I was going, please, please let it not be Chris Kreider. Because if it's Chris Kreider, I will self-immolate. And lo and behold. You did. I did. <laughs> she texted me like, I'm going to go take a walk. Period. I went for a walk in the snow because truly my body and my mind could not handle just imagining that situation unfold. 
Well, and there's also like some a little bit of corroborating evidence other than people saying it was him. So mm-hmm. there's they have post game interviews, and I think Chris Kreider's is like 15 seconds long, and it's been edited and taken down. We don't we don't really know what, what's going on, and now kind of with the way that the organization has since <laughs> addressed the altercation, things have become more unclear. So the other stuff that started coming to light over the weekend was that. Tony D'Angelo had potentially had a bad relationship with Keandre Miller, who it's his rookie season. There were allegations that Tony D'Angelo had taken the puck when Keandre Miller scored his first NHL goal a couple of weeks ago and like had not given it back to him, which was then again. And like, this is the insanity of like social media and how everything is documented. You know, usually when you score your first NHL goal, your team will post a little pic- cute little picture of you on Instagram or Twitter or holding the little puck. Oh, it's so nice. And then they send it off and it gets framed and then you hang it in your house and that's great. There was no picture like that from the New York Rangers. And so immediately people were like, oh my God, Tony D'Angelo took the puck. There's footage of him picking it up on the ice. Then you usually hand it off to a trainer and go, okay, hold on to this for Andre for after the game. So immediately it was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. they have a really bad relationship. Apparently it was Keandre who stepped in and broke it up like after the game. But then the Rangers held a press conference a couple of hours ago to address what's going on. And they have flatly denied that anything happened, that Keandre had anything but like a normal teammate relationship, which you know mm-hmm. what? There's a whole range of normal teammate relationships in the NHL. And uh, not all of them are really fucking healthy. No. I'm willing to say that's probably not a lie. Right, right, right. It's so interesting that all of this is the amount of social media that this generated. Mm -hmm. Because the Rangers have also said that Tony D'Angelo's posting is not a reason that they decided to basically let him hit waivers. So that's really interesting because they're basically saying that his politics, all, all of that stuff is outside of the rink. And, and it's also, it's fine when you're putting up points. Right, when right. You're if playing you're playing six. And you're saying COVID isn't real. That might be a problem. But not until you get sucker punched. Right. And But what's interesting to me is, you know, you have all this K. Andre stuff where they're alleging that he, he took the puck. So that is something that is both probably true and also kicked up a lot by social media because mm-hmm. we know of D'Angelo's being this, like, bad person. So this is the kind of thing that's going to follow him around no matter where he goes. And so, like, the posting does follow you on the ice because it's, it's going to shape what people, are, what kind of assumptions people are going to make about you. Exactly. The problem here is, as I see it, is that, as we know, the NHL is a more conservative sports league than most. So even if these things do follow you around, it's not necessarily a problem. As long as you put up points. Exactly. So I think a lot of what was said in the Rangers press conference was covering D'Angelo's ass because they're still trying to trade him. They're still trying to maintain that little tiny bit of market value so that they can squeeze any money out of the situation for themselves and get rid of him. And you know what? Maybe a team will pick him up. Never say never. 
After reading Shayna over at Blue Shirt Banter's, like, pretty eviscerating takedown of Tony's play, this guy seems overvalued <laughs> to the max. He's only good when he's playing with Artemi Panarin. I'd probably be good if I was <laughs> playing with Artemi Panarin. That's- like, if he was just, like, if I was just feeding him stuff yeah. all day, I'm sure my plus minus would be pretty good. So I- I'm interested to see what happens. I think that it's going to be a shit show no matter what. I think it's going to go on a million podcasts. And I think that somehow this will end up with him making more money, which makes me want to (laughs) myself a little bit. Do you want to talk about somebody else who had a bad week? Or actually, I don't know. Jim Rutherford may have freed himself from the pandemic prison and capitalism that we're all stuck in. Dude, did you read the article in The Athletic? Yeah, I read some of it. You know, this stuff is largely very boring to me, except when it happens to organizations I don't like. Oh, anyway, by the way, Jim Rutherford resigned (laughs) also this week. Longstanding GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins. He had been there, I think, since 2014. So he'd been there for their Stanley Cup wins in 16 and 17. He's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. You know him. You love him. Or you hate him. Either way, he's friends with Mario Lemieux. (laughs) Mario Lemieux, who is shocked by all of this. And I honestly, a lot of people were shocked too, because it was basically like in the middle of the first month of a COVID season, you really want to have all hands on deck Mm -hmm. in front office. But what I found really interesting is I really thought that he resigned because he was trying to trade Crystal Tang. So that was like the big rumor behind everything is that Jim Rutherford wanted to trade assets, specifically Crystal Tang, and the rest of the organization didn't agree with him. So he resigned. That ended up not being true. It actually seems like it's an inter- it's very boring internal. Basically, one of his boys got fired out from under him, and he's still pissed about it. His little minions all left. They all got fired. It sucks. They all got fired after the Penguins were blown out in the playoffs. So apparently, Jim Rutherford had been pretty unhappy like with the, kind of the staffing situations, and then was like, man, playing in a pandemic kind of sucks. I don't want to do this. And so the next day he came in and was like, "Uh, so I'm done. Literally told the team president, told the CEO right before the Penguins played on Tuesday. And then it was made public on Wednesday. Um, And he had been like doing interviews with publications, like talking about how the Penguins can turn it around this season, like three days prior to this. This seems to me to to be in no way premeditated at all. He did not think about this. I think it's awesome. I'm pro anyone quitting their job right now. Yeah, like, if especially if you quit, happen to work for the go Penguins. Go big like this. He's really fucking them. And I was just watching a little bit of the Rangers-Pens game before we <laughs> started recording this. Uh, just messy teams who love drama this week. But uh, the Pens are ass. <laughs> And their ass and like their window, their window is, I mean, it's basically closed. This is supposed to be their last year. It's patently ridiculous that anybody in the Penguins organization is saying, we don't need to rebuild this team right now. (laughs) And they're not. They're saying, no, we're still in a win now mentality. I'm like, win what? Where are we going? It's really two compounding issues, which is their, their blue line is they have five defensemen who are out right now. Like all their top defensemen are out right now. Cody Cece. Still hanging in there. They're also playing in the best division. So that puts them at an immediate disadvantage. But then also you have the issue of Sidney Crosby playing. I mean, even when Sidney Crosby isn't playing well, he's playing amazing. But Chris Letang, 
looking real bad, looking very bad out there. Maybe you should have traded him. Just just (laughs) making like very stupid mistakes, like decision making mistakes. Neutral zone, yeah. Now he's out with an injury. They don't know when he's going to be back. And then Evgeny Malkin continues to be this like enigma that nobody in the organization can solve. So I wish them uh, good luck. I mean, it's just so ridiculous, right? Because, like, Jim Nil is... Jim Nil. Uh, Jim Montgomery is 71 years old. They're going to pick another 71-year-old guy from some other team. It's, a, it's just a carousel. I love how you just went Jim Nil, Jim Montgomery, when it's actually Jim Rutherford. Oh. <laughs> and that, folks, is how you know that every old white man working in the NHL is the exact same person. <laughs> Montgomery isn't even a coach anymore. I don't even know what's wrong with me. Yeah. So anyway, they're probably going to get a gym to fill his spot. <laughs> Jim Benning. Of them. Jim Benning. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like we could do an okay job. How hard could it be? Yeah, but I don't want to move to Pittsburgh. It's all remote now. It's fine. That's true. That's, that's fair. <laughs> I'm just thinking about their team colors because that yellow, very bad on me. But black can work with black. Black with some yellow accents would be okay. Yeah. You know what's really dumb? What? I didn't realize until I went to Pittsburgh that every single team is that color. Listen, I thought that was just about the Steelers. It's about the whole city of Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, I saw the bridges and then I was like, wow, I didn't know there were rivers in Pittsburgh. Bumblebee-ass city. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was time to learn a lot of things there. COVID-wise, how would you grade the league this week? <laughs> Um, well, I would grade them as ill. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, they're really having some trouble this week. We actually, just before we sat down to record, it looks like the New Jersey Devils will not be playing any games this week as they, like, 11 or 12 of them have all been added to the COVID. I keep wanting to call it the COVID watch list. (laughs) Like they're pedophiles or something? These are neighborhood watch. (laughs) Yeah, so it looks like they've can- they they had a series with Pittsburgh that got canceled, mm-hmm. and a Rangers game that's getting canceled. Pittsburgh's really lucking out with that. Actually, their defensive core is so decimated right now that like any time they can have to get those guys healthy again, I'm sure they're happy to take. Definitely, definitely. So this brings us up to 14 postponed games <laughs> since the league began. How do you, how do we feel about that? You know, I gotta say, I wasn't feeling too insane about this entire situation until last week when the Golden Knights games weren't postponed, but their entire coaching staff had to self-isolate, which meant that Kelly McCrimmon, who's their GM, was in the building coaching them behind the bench uh, when they played the Blues. I think that's nice. I think it's fun to switch things up. Did they win? No, they did not. Uh, <laughs> they lost in a shootout. They lost 5-4. Listen, hey, this proves my, my point that coaching doesn't matter since shootouts are random. I think like, and I was, I didn't watch that game, but I was kind of reading through Jesse Granger, who's the uh, Knights reporter for the Athletics tweets. And he, there was just a lot of like, I could tell he just wanted to, tweet like question marks <laughs> about things that were happening on the ice uh but he he's professional so he wasn't doing that good job so but yes two of their games against the sharks uh which were supposed to be tonight and wednesday night have been rescheduled but the thing that made me a little bit crazy about this was that so their entire coaching staff was self-isolating the golden knights staff 
also includes some of their AHL affiliate staff, the Henderson Silver Knights, who it's their inaugural season. They're like an expansion team this year. The Henderson Silver Knights uh, did did not know what was going on, and everybody showed up for their first game against San Jose, and halfway through the game, they were like, okay, we have to stop. <laughs> we, wait, wait, wait. We wait, just got wait. some breaking news. And that, I was like, wow, this is just very, very unsustainable. It's just, like, what makes me go insane is that, like, it's just so, it's just all, like, health security theater. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, none of this shit matters. For example, like, Chicago canceled practice on the 31st, so yesterday, Mm -hmm. right after they had just played the Blue Jackets, and then they played them again. Right. And I'm like, what's the point? What did we remove here that was causing the problem? And sometimes I'm like, maybe it's a false positive test, this or that. But then I remember all of these teams don't have the next day testing stuff. Yet. No, they don't. They don't have the PCR testing. It's just nuts. It's just nuts. And like I, you know, there's this really great article by Sean Shapiro in the Athletic about teams that are basically playing for fans now. Mm-hmm. And and you and you read about all the stuff they're putting in um, arenas trying to make it safe for fans. And I'm just like, it makes me feel sick. Yeah. Because I'm like, none of this even matters. Like, you're just putting up plexiglass hoping that that stops stuff. But what would really stop it is just like not having anybody here. And that's how I feel about all the NHL stuff that they do with the players. I'm like, you're just so obviously trying to compensate for the fact that we should not be doing this. And what it comes down to, again, is the fact that the playoff bubble worked for a reason, but it also took a serious toll on the players mentally and physically. And a lot of that is because the league just wasn't equipped to make it work for their employees. And they're still not willing to do that, quite obviously. Do you think that there's a way that they could have humanely done like a bubble season? Yeah, if they had, like... A gajillion dollars. A gajillion dollars. They could clear out, like, an entire city. So do it for the Olympics? Yeah. Exactly. Just do the Olympics. <laughs> Just do the Olympics for America's fourth favorite sport. It's fine. <laughs> all these families to, like, middle of nowhere, Montana, build a city for six months. They did Dude. it in the gold rush. This sounds like a really cool book idea. You know what I mean? Just like, think about all the cool experiments that you could perform. It on would people. literally just anyway. be Westworld. <laughs> little too Machiavellian here. Okay, so you guys might have noticed a little bit of change in our programming. <gasps> no change. I know we hate change, but this change is good. So we actually are doing two episodes a week now. Double bunnies. Double bunnies, double your fun. So our first episode is always going to be your normal bunnies uh, where we take you through the hits. And then our second episode of the week is going to be your calls. And if you don't like it, too bad, because we're doing it anyway. So just deal with it. Adjust. That's how we do what's doing. So, Christina, um, this has made me feel a lot better about, like, where I am in my life. I'm not going to lie. Like, just talking about the unfortunate situations of other people, um, some of whom are bad and some of whom are not bad but rich. So thank you so much for joining me on this journey. Thank you for saying that. And I hope the rest of our listeners are enjoying the fact that they are also not Tony (laughs) D'Angelo. We will see you later this week. As usual, if you would like to call or text in um, for our mailbag episodes, you can do that at 774-318-6952. 
You can reach us on Twitter at PuckBunnies underscore pod or on Instagram at PuckBunniesPod. We are on Patreon, patreon.com slash PuckBunnies. Christina, I am going to go. Well, do I want to watch the rest of the Rangers game? No, I don't. So I think I'm going to go watch the Bruins. Well, I think that I'm going to go sweat nervously in my chair. Shout out Zidane Chara. First goal is oh, Washington pain. Capital tonight. I'm Audrey. I'm Christina. And this has been Puck Bunnies. Bye! Oh